Welcome to the epilogue of In Vain Valparkas Nacht. Thank you everyone who has joined us for this journey. We really appreciate you. We'll be back in about a month with In Vain Blood Rush. Enjoy. Last time on In Vain. The epilogue episode of In Vain Valpurgisnacht. This is the end of the chronicle. And where we're going to pick up is going to be Valpurgisnacht night, 1990 in West Germany. The scene is at the club Der Hexenleid. And Dallas, what have you done with the club in the months since the the night Heidelberg fell. Uh, Jerhexen Lied is a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more um, kind of alternative rock, a little more punk than goth. And uh, Dallas has turned it into a neutral ground. Anybody is welcome. Human, werewolf, vampire, Mage, doesn't matter. If you're in the club, it's neutral territory. No fighting. No feeding. This is a safe haven for everybody. Okay, and obviously no masquerade violations or whatnot. Okay. So it is neutral territory, and it is also public. Okay. Under the threat of Dallas dealing with you. Which hopefully is scary after what she's done. Okay. And on this night, this particular night, your club is, is doing a special celebration for Valpurgisnacht. Uh, what is Dallas doing as the proprietor of the club? Uh, she's probably behind the bar tonight. Okay. So you're behind the bar and you just get done pouring a drink for your father who is sitting there and he, he takes the glass and he lifts it to you and says, well, looks around it's like you've done good for yourself, kid. Thanks. Yeah. Now that that whole you know, witness protection things over with, I'm glad that you were able to, you know, start your own business and stuff. I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, my kind of scene and everything, but you know, you're, I guess you're doing okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's home. It's, it's good. Yeah. And I'm glad that you came out the other side of the whole thing. So, and he lifts his glass to you again and, and drinks his whiskey. And, after, as you do that, you have to go and cater to your other patrons. Loki's Lament is there, and he's drinking with, you know, he's talking to Henry a bit about ran random things, and some other supernatural folk are enjoying the club. And, you know, ever since you announced that your place was neutral and you're not involved in the local politics and everyone's welcome, you did see a, an increase in your patronage. Lots of interesting creatures out there, and they all like to have a good time. 
Dallas loves it. It's exactly the kind of place that she likes. Anybody who feels like an outsider, they know that they're welcome here and they will be safe. All right. And Yulva, you are here as well with all the, the stuff going on. This is a big night, you know, for Dallas, for the club, and you wanted to be there for support. What is, what's Yulva doing at this particular time in this scene? Um, She was probably staying more towards where the other supernaturals are, keeping her babushka disguise on, so that way she's not freaking out the mortals that are here, but probably sitting next to Maria and, you know, making commentary about the people around them and just trying to support Dallas. Okay. This is so y'all are just you know, talking, having conversations and Maria points out, it's like, Oh, look who just came in. And you see there's Joe and Lena and they both look exactly identical. Like with the, uh, they both have shorter hair than usual. And they're both like, they're wearing different clothes and stuff, but you can tell who's who. And they're just you know talking with each other. And, you know, Maria just mentions that, well, I mean, I guess they've made up. It took a few months, but I guess they got over whatever the heck it was that was dividing them. Well, it sounds like their sire liked to play them against each other. And now that they no longer have to worry about their sire. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. Um, when's that big meeting that we're having when we decide who the Baron is? Uh, I believe it is next Tuesday. Okay, who are you voting for? Do I... I do not know who to pick. You I vote won't... for me? Well, of course I vote for you. Okay, but who else are you going to vote for? Probably Joe. You think so? Uh, she's done good so far. I mean, she didn't get us killed when we were all in the church. I guess so. Either that or Dallas. I keep going back and forth. Joe or Dallas? Hmm. I don't know. Which one would be funnier? Probably Dallas, because she would absolutely hate it. Oh, but she'd be so good at it, though. She's one of those people that, you know, she, you, you force her to do something she doesn't want to do, and she ends up excelling at it. You know, like, oh, I don't know, killing a 300 to 400-year-old vampire. This is true, and no one would mess with Anarts if we had the former Prince Killer and the Sheriff Killer as our head. Yeah, it definitely does something for the reputation of this place. This is true, alright. Dallas it is, and Yelva just gives a dark chuckle. Y'all are yes, evil. <laughs> totally. Well, we're vampires. Uh, Dallas would take the opportunity to introduce Jaeger to her dad. <laughs> Wow. Okay. What what do you introduce Jaeger to your dad as? Um hopefully her business partner and boyfriend. Okay, and also the bouncer, I'm guessing. Yeah, and also the bouncer. Okay. So yeah. you so you introduce him, you introduce Jaeger to your father as your boyfriend and your dad, he he's hesitant. You know, he's old school, but he shakes Jaeger's hand and he says he's glad to meet him. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and Jaeger whispers to you, it's like, this is gonna take a while. <laughs> it's okay. Alright. Uh, 
let's see here. And uh, as you're walking away from that and Yeager goes back to a stand, uh, Loki's Lament gets your attention, Dallas. He says, hey, I just wanted to let you know. So the rest of the the rest of the pack has gone back to the Sept, but um, so, I mean, if you want, I can spread the word. Like if any other guru are in the area and they're looking for a neutral space in the city and they don't so much mind rolling around in the filth of the worm tainted, they can come here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. How's everybody? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Oh, Soothe the Spirits wanted me to give you something. And he reaches into his pockets and he pulls out like this, this thing. It, it looks like it's made with like the, the skull of a small bird and the, the feathers. And it looks like it's got beads coming from it. And he, it's got runes carved into it and he hands it to you. It says, yeah. So she said that uh, we managed to, uh, you know, help dismantle the last of the wards and, you know, the, the, the spiritual issues that have been going on the past few months should be subsiding. But if anything happens around here, if any, like, spirits enter or mean you harm, that thing's going to start rattling. Okay? So it's a little, little warning system, okay? But, you know, she said everything should be clear. Um, we're just telling you because... Uh, you're you're the only one I can tolerate talking to. I appreciate it. Thank you again for everything. Well, you know, we stayed here a little bit longer than we, we needed to, but, you know, we did our job, you did your job, so good job throwing everything in complete disarray so we could get our work done. <laughs> If there's one thing I excel doing, it's fucking up in epic proportions. Yeah, you still hunt in the woods? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so those those deer shouldn't be a problem anymore. We, I think, uh, Bloody Roar hunted down and slaughtered the last one. So don't let, you know, spirits get blocked up anywhere, okay? Because if they can't find where they need to go, they'll end up jumping into things they shouldn't, okay? You got it. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a deer that's been possessed by a spider spirit. Oh, that's a nope. That's a nope. No, nope, nope, nope. Right. And at this point, while you're talking, your your watch starts beeping, which means that it's time for your meeting in the back room. Thanks, bud. I got to scoot, but, um, you know, you're welcome anytime. Well, yeah, I know, and the I like the free drinks. Always for you, always. Damn right. And so you go walking off to the the back room. So you have a. It's a first. It is a a meeting that the new prince of Heidelberg wanted to have with you, just to kind of clear out some things and and talk about things under, of course, the auspices of neutrality and. The neutrality will be respected here at the bar as long as this prince is in power. So you go into the back area where there's like a little, like the green room of the lounge. And, you know, there's a few ghouls attending the prince. And sitting down, 
in the the comfortable chair is Leon, and he sees you, he sees you, Dallas. He's like, "Hey, well, he looks at his watch. Is like you're two minutes late." All right. Yeah, sit down. He takes a seat. Okay, and so he he kind of rubs his face a little bit. He looks a little tired, but he says, "Okay, so I think." The last of the dissidents have been pacified. I've done everything that I need to do. So I think that the Camarilla in the city finally respects my claim to Praxis. So you're looking at the new Prince of Heidelberg. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, actually, I one of the reasons I wanted to have this meeting was to thank you, Dallas. Uh, if it wasn't for your little stunt... Uh, at the Chantry uh, and what happened at the church, uh, you know, Aisley wouldn't have had that accident. And so there's no body else to try to take this from me. Well, it's well-deserved, my friend. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now the work is just beginning because now, just a little word of warning, Clan Tremere is not going to forget the little stunt that you pulled. No, oh, yeah. I'm not expecting that they would. Especially friends. No, they're not. No, he was... Well, I guess for him, he was in a right rage when we when he went back to Vienna, but you know, he's back at the he's back at the Vienna Chantry and you know, by now the council knows what happened here and it's anybody's guess whether or not they're just going to stay hands off or really, really want to put a stake on Heidelberg. I mean, the city is not, I mean, it's not Frankfurt or Berlin. So I don't know. We're just hoping that's going to be beneath their notice. But what I need from you is to promise me that you'll hold to the masquerade and not cause any more trouble. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No masquerade breaches here. Okay, good. But we don't need the other people that you know causing trouble either. All right. Do you think you can keep Yulva on a short leash? I think Yulva is pretty settled and very much not interested in breaking any masquerade. Well, that's good. Speaking of Yulva... Uh, because of her, uh, one of my first duties as prince needs to be to declare a new sheriff. So I'm wondering if you had any good ideas, because I am completely at a loss here. Oh, shit. Um... I mean, there's not much left. And I'll be honest with you, I'm... I may have a, a looser hold on anyone that wants to sire progeny just because there's space now. What about, um, what about Werner? For, he's the Bruja Primogen. Uh, yeah. He's not, I'm not going to give a position as sheriff. That would be a demotion for him and that would be an insult. Sophia, maybe. Sophia? Yeah. A Nosferatu sheriff? Can't think of anyone else who'd have her hand in any of the little secrets going on. 
you'd know everything happening in your city, that's for sure. True. And hopefully Yulva would hesitate before killing this one. I think she would. Um, and I like Sophia quite a bit. I think she'd be good at it. Hmm. Okay. But keep in mind, though, my sheriff, whoever it is, is going to hold to the masquerade. And I know that you anarchs are free, but if you cause any problems for the Camarilla, we're going to have to do something about it. That is completely understandable. Okay. Just as long as we are clear on that. And, uh, and, and any newbies I get in the club, you'll know about as well. Good. All right. Uh, okay. Any requests that you may have of the Camarilla? Honestly, the biggest one is just to let us be. We won't cause any issues. No masquerade breaches. All we really want is just to be left alone and to have our little neutral spot. That's it. What about siring? How are you going to keep your population in check? I am not interested in siring anybody. Um, and I don't think any of our folks are. I mean, I have to ask Jaeger. I don't know if that's something he's interested in, but I'm not sure we want. I know how I came about, and I don't think I wish that on anybody. Right. He stops, and he thinks for a second. He says, oh, that's right. Technically, this is your birthday, isn't it? Yeah, you could think of it that way. Well, happy birthday, I guess. Thanks. Survived an entire year like this. Well, this is a good time of year, too. We've just finished up the the final rituals to you know, strengthen the, the wall between life and death. And so hopefully we shouldn't have any more issues with anything untoward happening at the Thingstata. So I'm thinking of ordering the city council to reopen the site for next year. That sounds good. Um, perfect. Oh, one, one other thing as I thought you might be interested in this since you and your friends seem to love knowing everyone's innermost, darkest secrets. He reaches into his pocket and he pulls out like a small, it's not like a, like a locket that a man would wear, but it looks like one of those ones that you could, like a woman would pin like old, old style on here. And it's like a few months ago when we were, clearing out the my predecessor's things I came across this I thought you might be interested in it and he hands it to you and you open up the locket and in it is a picture of a small child and it looks a lot like the white that you killed oh please tell me oh that's creepy Apparently, she may have did an unsanctioned embrace, which is a which is a high crime in my clan. Uh, that's and 
This is a lesson in the dangers of embracing somebody too young. All right. And so he looks at his watch again as he confers with one of his ghouls. And it's like, so, well, if there's nothing else, I have other business I need to attend to in the city. There's uh, there's going to be a vote for a baron um, as a more official representative uh, for the Anarchs in, uh, next Tuesday. A vote? A vote? Yeah. yeah. We do this shit democratically. Well, wonders never cease. So who... Who has the best chance of becoming Baron? I have no idea. Um, probably Joe. Possibly. Just please, please don't make it Yilva. I don't think she's running. Or vote for Maria for a good laugh. There's that. Hey, Maria has kept us alive more often than not, so... Right. Okay. So, all right. Well, whoever you Anarchs vote for, I would expect for them to reach out so we can discuss how best to keep the peace in the city. Absolutely. That's why I was letting you know. Okay, good. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your night, Dallas. I will. I'll be happy as long as it's not me. (laughs) I do not want that job. Yes, the, you know, the the weight of rulership is heavy indeed. You wear it well. Well, I haven't been doing this long. Well, we'll talk again in about a century and see how things are going. Sounds like a plan. Okay. And so he gets up and leaves. Let's see here. I believe that's most of the loose ends that we had for the story. Uh, What we're going to do is we are going to skip ahead a little bit further. We are going to jump to... To Tuesday. (laughs) No, we're not going to jump to Tuesday. We're going to go beyond that. We're going to go to about 2010. So... Obviously, the city has changed a lot. The club has changed a lot. Everyone has changed a lot. There's these little little boxy things called cell phones now, and they turn into smartphones, and the information superhighway is like on this little thing, and it's... What the fuck? It's really interesting to do. It's really hard to do with your claws out, but you know, mm. somehow you, you muddle through it. Uh, there's a lot of stirrings going on in the world, and... Yilva, through your contacts, through uh, ShrekNet, you find out that, you know, after 9-11-2001, some things went off the rails. Uh, ShrekNet was actually compromised and was taken off the net. And so now all of vampire society needs to hide from the Second Inquisition. And you guys figure, you know, the the biggest way vampires defeat their enemies is by outliving them. So by continuing doing what you're doing and not raising any fuss, you guys should be safe. Just don't make any waves. Uh, There is one night Yilva where you are 
in your haven. And you've you've been up for a little while. You and Stella are, I don't know, doing what it is you and Stella do, like finger painting or something. And Maria, she's been, you know, more distracted than usual lately. And for her and her clan, you figure that it, it kind of comes and it goes, but you've never really seen her like this for this long. And in this particular night, uh, she kind of interrupts what you're doing. And she said, Ilva, um, can, can I talk to you for a second? Of course. What is it? Hey, um, there's, um, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, there's, I've been feeling something, a pull. And she points to her chest. It's like something is something like something is calling me and it's been going on for a while now and it's 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 just getting harder and harder to ignore and i i need to go uh, go where east that's all i know i need to go I think there's somebody I need to meet. And he's awful and and terrible and wonderful. And and he's been calling me and and I I have to go and I'm telling you this now um I, I saw this I saw this before I even kissed you for the first time. I, I knew that there would be a night when I would have to say goodbye. And so at first I, I didn't even want to let you know how I felt, but then you know, I was talking to um, Elsa actually. And you know, she said basically what, what I got from the conversation, she, she said a whole bunch of words, but what I got was, you know, it, it, it's better to enjoy the time that you have and know that it will end than to never have experienced it before. And so I just, I'm telling you goodbye instead of just having you wake up one night and I'm not there. And I love you so much, but I have to go. I can't, I can't resist anymore. And I'm scared and I don't know what's going to happen because whenever I try to see what happens, it it's, there's nothing. It just ends. And she looks really sad at this point. Some blood tears are starting to come out. She says, I hope you can understand. Yova very gently wipes away the tears. It is all right. It is all right. Are you sure I cannot come with you? No, you can't come. And I don't think I'm ever going to see you again. You will see me again. And I will see you again. I don't know. But I guess we have to have faith. Duh. I love you. 
I love you too. And I'm leaving you my Babysitter's Club collection and, you know, my, my, my funds, my, you know, everything I'm, I'm leaving to you. I'm not going to need it where I'm going. And then you all have to come back for it, see? She takes off the the multicolored windbreaker that has been patched over several times at this point <laughs> and probably probably needs to be burned right now. But she hands it to you and says, I, I'm also going to leave this here because I'm if I'm able to, I will be coming back for that. Do not get rid of that. I promise all of your things will be here. And I will be waiting for you. Don't wait for me forever, okay? What is the point of immortality if I cannot wait for the one I love? She doesn't know what else to say, so she just kisses you again. And after she breaks the kiss, she walks out. Yelva just watches her go and clutches the windbreaker as tight as she can to her chest. And as she's walking away, you hear echoing from like your the hallways of your sewer haven and everything is like, oh, tell, uh, make sure Baron Dallas knows about this. <laughs> I will let the Baron know that you are on an adventure. Tell her to forget about the 12 bucks she owes me. I will remind her of that. And she leaves. My heart. All right. So that is the end of Valpurgis Noct. What do y'all think? Holy crap. Holy cow. An amazing story. Indeed. Oh, thank you. The Infane podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs.